1: Hello, and welcome to Little Gold Men, the award season podcast from Vanity Fair. I'm Katie Rich, the deputy editor of VanityFair.com, and I'm here with our chief critic, Richard Lawson. Hello. And our senior writer, Joanna Robinson. Hi, Katie. Guys, we're recording on a very special Emmy nominations day. This is my favorite kind of podcast to record because we kind of have the adrenaline of the awards nominations still going. And uh, the Emmy nominations were announced just a few hours ago. So we're all still kind of figuring it out. And (laughs) unlike the Oscars, there's a zillion categories. So it's kind of impossible to have even figured out everything that's on there. But uh, just initial takes from you guys. Like, how do you feel like this is a good crop of nominees?
2: Um, For the most part. I mean, you know, stuff that I love, like American Vandal, which did get you know, a writing nomination, but like didn't show up in the bigger categories, neither did one day at a time. So they're disappointing things like that. But, um, but there's also some great representation on here. I, w- I was particularly surprised to see so much Westworld.
0: Yeah, there's so much Westworld. <laughs> what, it got like 21 nominations, I think, or 20, something like that. Uh, right behind Game of Thrones. It's kind of amazing. You think they were listening to your podcast
1: and were like, hey, we absolutely
0: more. Of course they were. Yeah, I actually just talked this is a little little inside before it goes up on our website scoop. I was literally just talking to Jimmy Simpson because he got nominated in the guest acting category. And uh he's on like a little mini holiday because he just got engaged. And so, you know, when it rains it good fortune it pours. Wow. It's uh yeah, it's it's a great crop of acting nominees. I think, yeah, as Richard said, there are definitely some snubs and flubs that we will want to talk about. But I think there's like a good uh breadth of representation. Presentation, especially of um in the top categories there aren't a lot of repeats there's like a couple double west worlds um and americans and stuff like that but there's just so much. Uh, yeah. To to like represent, I would say, peak TV. There's just so many different shows uh, on display here. It's great.
1: Was there any one nomination that made you guys just jump out of your seats? Uh, I tweeted about mine. And I talked about this before. I interviewed Betty Gilpin about her role in Glow, which I just love. And she was, I think, the only Glow cast member who got nominated, which is crazy. But I was so excited to see that happen.
0: I will steal another one of yours, Katie, because I was so excited on your behalf that Sterling K. Brown got a guest actor. Oh my God,
1: uh, nomination! Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just going to take full credit for that one. Sure, I, why not? <laughs> I truly did not think that was going to happen. I was, I mean, obviously they love him, but like, oh, everyone should just go watch that episode. Yeah, double nominee, Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, uh, yeah. How about you, Richard?
2: I was really excited about Keenan Thompson because he's yeah. been such an invaluable part of Saturday Night Live for however. I mean, he's now I think the longest running cast member ever. And, like, you know, he gets recognition here and there, but he's not breakout. He doesn't get the movie deals, whatever. And so him getting a nomination for, you know, his many years of good work, I think, is is more than deserved.
0: I also um, – I don't know if you guys do this because, you know, we have to put our predictions out there. Part of nomination reveal day is me anxiously, like, looking at how wrong – like, how much of an, uh, a fool do I look? Uh, how wrong were my guesses? Um, and so I did get, like, so, some smug satisfaction that I at least got – all of my Game of Thrones predictions, right? The three Lannister siblings were the only actors to be nominated for the show. And I am I think that's the right move, too. So pretty excited about it. And this is Nikolai
1: Koster-Waddell's first nomination, right? Yes, my favorite. Yeah, my favorite. your problematic fave. I was mm-hmm. very excited
0: for you when I saw that. Yeah, he deserves it too. I think so. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting thing, and like this was a big question of like when Game of Thrones came back because it was not eligible last year. It was a big question of like will it come back and then just once again decimate and dominate in every category. And like yeah, it's got the most nominations. I think twenty two, but um, it's like you know a, a few big swings they took, which are Kit Harington and Amelia Clark in the lead acting categories, did not pan out for them. So they are not like. Far and away ahead of uh in front of everyone else as they were in previous years. I think part of that has to do with the fact that season seven debuted like a year ago at this point, and it was a, yeah. it was a shorter season, and there was just so much of an emphasis on spectacle rather than uh, you know a lot of room for performance. And so I think you know you see it, of course, showing up in all the technical categories as it always does. But uh, its lead in front of Handmaid's Tale and Westworld is not as you know. As you would expect it to be, so end of an era, maybe.
1: Do you have any sense of a front runner or in any category, really? Like, if, you know, kind of dealing with this long list of nominations, it's like, oh, a ton of people, but it's hard for me to get a sense of a narrative of like, oh, well, obviously, Glow didn't do as well as expected. Well, anyway, what, what's your sense of like a of a runaway hit in all of these?
2: It's in a smaller category, arguably. But um, I don't see any way that Laura Dern loses in the, um, you know, limited series slash TV movie actress category. Yeah. She's up against formidable people like Sarah Paulson, Regina King, people who've won Emmys before. Um, also, you know, um, Jessica Beale, who was obviously, you know, long been viewed as the heir apparent to Meryl Streep. Yes, um, indeed. You know, so she's in there. But I think that Dern is right. Got that unlock. Everyone loves her. She's still writing Big Little Lies, you know, good vibes and all that. So. Um, I don't see anyone beating her, and then in the uh, but on the other side in the uh, the male category, um, you know we have Darren Chris, who we knew was going to get nominated for assassination of Gianni Versace, and I think would appear to be in some ways the front runner. Yeah, but like maybe. John Legend wins and he, he and he finally EGOTs or not finally he's barely been in the, the EGOT hunt for only a few <laughs> it, years it feels but, yeah. like
1: John Legend has been with us for so long though like yeah. he's, he's overdue for his EGOT and uh, just for the log rolling John Legend former uh, Little Gold Men guest uh, to talk about Jesus Christ Superstar uh, and also, you guys did a whole podcast on Versace. So I feel like you can take credit for that and Westworld.
0: Sure. We uh, generated all of these nominations through our podcasting work. Yeah. Through, um, but yeah, sheer brain power. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Darren Chris, John Legend, all guests on various podcasts we've done. And they're, they're great conversations. I conducted none of them. So that's not me tuning my own horn. But, like, those are great conversations. You want to go back and listen to them. But I, like, I really was... Very, I don't know, weirdly personally excited for Darren Chris because um he just he worked so hard on that show and I think he like whatever he felt about the show and, and we liked it a lot, but like whatever you felt about it, like he his performance is just a staggering piece of work. And yeah, I, I could see that going all the way.
1: I was excited for the show as a whole. Like they had you know you got nominations for Ricky Martin along with Edgar Ramirez and for Finn Whitrock, like and Judith Light, which I was so excited about. Um, it just seemed like they remembered Versace to an extent that I was kinda worried they might not. But not our favorite Cody Fern, right, Richard? No.
2: Yeah. I was hoping to see him, and I was like, well, why did Finn Wittrock get it over him? But then, you know, he's a bigger name slightly, but also uh, he did have a big part.
1: He's in more episodes, for sure.
2: But while we are on the EGOT front, another quieter narrative there is that Pasek and Paul, the songwriting duo who, you know, wrote lyrics for... La La Land, and one they won a Golden Globe last year for writing "This Is Me" from Circus Musical. They are up for a Christmas Story. They wrote original songs for that. The Matthew Broderick haunting this family. You know, remember the live <laughs> that the, the, the aired uh, last Christmas. Um, anyway, so they could they could finally he got after just like two years, uh, kind of in the mix would which would be, which would be kind of amazing for them.
0: Yeah. The other thing that we should probably talk about is uh, the nomination of Sandra O, oh, which is something that you know we we had talked about really, or I had talked about really wanting. I think Sonia uh, Soraya, our TV critic, also really wanted it. Um, Killing Eve did pretty well. Like Phoebe Waller Bridge got nominated for writing. Sandra O oh got nominated. Jodie Comer was overlooked, which I think a lot of us who watch the show think that's a crying shame. But like maybe if it continues to pick up speed, she'll get nominated in the second season. But uh, Sandra O oh is the first ever. Asian woman to be nominated in a lead category and that is it's or at so least the lead drama category and that's like that's pretty shameful pretty pretty shameful but uh but you know couldn't happen to a better uh performer Sandra was amazing
1: yeah I feel like I should say since we recorded with Sonia that I watched all of Killing Eve <laughs> kind of like in a in a true binge fashion and it's so good I'm so glad I caught it it's on the BBC America app don't make the or do what I did and catch up with it don't wait any longer which I, I wish I'd seen it sooner it's great.
0: And kind of crazy that BBC America has two actors, you know, because Tatiana Maslany got nominated for Orphan Black's final season. So BBC America has like two actresses in the lead category. I would have bet you $50 Orphan Black was
1: over. I had I was so surprised to see. I thought it was a mistake when they announced her name, which uh, maybe shows how in tune I am with Orphan Black. But yeah, good for them. That's a. I I mean, there were, I think we did a profile recently on the woman who's running BBC America drama. She's pretty amazing. Yeah. And like the fact that Orphan Black's success directly led to the existence of Killing and how they're kind of making, like, smart dramas about women their niche. Like, bring it on.
0: Well, she also, she grabbed Phoebe Waller-Bridge before Fleabag got Phoebe Waller-Bridge so much notice. She's, like, I think she grabbed her off, like, seeing her on stage or something like that. And she's like, you, you're great. I want to do a show with you. And locked that down before Fleabag exploded. So, you know, um, she's, she's got a good eye, that lady. But um, the thing that made me jump up and scream is if, it like, this has to be a mistake. Uh, is Kyle MacLachlan not getting nominated for Twin Peaks. Um, yeah. twi- Twin Peaks also didn't get nominated in the limited series category. David Lynch got nominated. David Lynch and Mark Frost got nominated for writing. Like it got nine nominations, but it, it like that it missed out on limited in a limited series category and in lead performance when Kyle McLaughlin did three amazing performances uh, in that show is uh, really astonishing to me really upsetting actually
1: yeah I was in an interesting like mini twitter conversation with uh, Emily Yoshida who's a film critic at Vulture kind of talking about the difference between the Oscars and the Emmys and how people seem to kind of like support the Emmys more as, as being supportive of work that they like and she pointed at Twin Peaks as an example of like where the Emmys are rewarding good television but not necessarily like the artsiest or the best television um, because you can see like my guess is it was just too weird for the Emmys and it's been hard to get television like that and I wonder if we're going to get more and more of that where like something is basically just too good for the Emmys to pay attention to kind of like how Friday Night Lights or The Wire were being ignored for so long.
0: Uh, speaking of which sorry I, I I don't mean to talk too much and I want to know what Richard thinks about everything but uh, the Americans got you know this is this final season it got it took a long time for the Americans to get recognized at all come award season and um, there was some concern that you know, since I don't know, Buzz might have dropped off a bit or whatever it was that it wouldn't get nominated in its final season, but it got nominated in Best Drama, Matthew Reese got nominated, Carrie Russell got nominated. So the question is like, is this a John Hammond Mad Men moment? Like is this the thing is this the time where they're like, here's your Emmy for all of the work you've done over this series and we haven't given you one yet and you deserve it. Here you go. Um I don't know if you guys have any th- Thoughts or predictions on that?
2: I mean, I could see it working that way. I mean, I don't think that the Americans, despite all the critical raves, had quite the sort of cultural, you know, hold that, that Mad Men did. So I don't, I don't know if me, if Carrie Russell, for example, has the same sense of momentum or, or, or that Matthew Reese does. But um, and I also think Sandra O oh has so much goodwill behind her right now.
1: That would be such a cool win if she like, you know, is the dark horse in the category and then wins the whole thing.
2: Yeah, that would be great. So I'm looking at these these lists of nominees in various categories. Can someone do? Do we know about the Emmys in terms of like the, the rules in terms of how many things get nominated in each category? Because like there are eight series nominated for comedy series and there are eight supporting comedy actresses nominated. So I'm just like, know, but that's not true for every category. So did something change or is this just like a reflection of the TV landscape being broader than it ever has been?
1: I think I'm going to to this and maybe, Joanna, you know it better, but I think they have some kind of threshold where if you get a certain percentage of the vote, you make it in there, um, okay. even if that expands the category. Joanna, do you know better than I do? I don't know better than that, no. So I always just kind of thought they just wanted to include more people and get more people yeah. to come to their award shows but I think there is a there's a more technical explanation for it does it feel like overkill to you
2: um I mean maybe here and there a little bit like but you know like I said there's so much television now and it's coming at us from all different directions and so you know the Emmy's trying to cast a wide net and you know bring in as much as possible I think is good that said then then it's sort of even more Uh, of a problem that certain things aren't getting nominated, you know, like one day at a time, or, you know, that that people love that are hits that are critically, you know, praised. And the Emmys still have these blind spots, despite you know, nominating so many different shows.
1: Justice for American Vandal. I mean, talk about things that they deserve to pay attention to. I mean, yeah, you look at the Best Supporting Actress in the comedy category in particular and you can see how every single one of these people would get a certain number of votes. Like, they're coming from all over the spectrum. you got three different people from Saturday Night Live and I don't know how you would choose between A.D. Bryant, Leslie Jones, and um, Kate McKinnon who's like the most valuable on there. So, it does feel like a spreading of the wealth where you can't really argue with who they managed to include.
0: I think the attitude I always wind up coming back to for all of these awards conversations is like, get excited for the things that you love that get unexci- unexpected, support. Don't be too surprised when the things you love that miss out, miss out. Do you know what I mean? Like use yeah. it to amplify that being said. I did not know before this morning that Ozark was so uh, important to the television Academy, but now, now I do lesson learned. Like it got two directing nominations when Westworld didn't even get one. Like Westworld got so many nominations, but it didn't like, Ozark got two directing nominations and Lisa Joy didn't get a nomination for her great episode of Westworld. Come on my
1: guys. Uh what's really crazy is that they didn't nominate Laura Linney. Like if they have that much affection for Ozark and she doesn't get a best uh, drama actress nomination that and Jason Bateman got an actor nomination. That And you know, the directing
0: nomination. Up. Does that mean that like they love Jason, you know, this happens sometimes that they just like love certain performers. You know what I mean? So do they just love Jason Bateman and that's why Jason Bateman got an acting nomination and and a directing nomination for Ozark? And uh I I I I do know that that's why allegedly why Lily Tomlin is often nominated (laughs) for Grace and Frankie, not just because she's good on the show, but because of her standing in the Television Academy community. Like, I think she was a leader of the Television Academy for a long time. So that's like sort of part of it. You know what I mean? It's just sort of like, I mean, you can't really blame them for like voting for who they know, you know, sort of thing. So
1: Yeah, like any any good club, you want to keep your favorite members in there. Wait, Richard, you liked Ozark, didn't you?
2: Yeah, Ozark's good. I think it's a big hit. I mean, we don't really know about their numbers, obviously. But like with with ba- Bateman getting nominated and the directing nominations, I'm a little surprised that Laura Linney didn't also get a nomination for the show because she's wonderful on it. But you look at that category, and it's pretty stacked. Again, you know, Orphan Black, though it it, it ended in 2013, from what I can tell, <laughs> is still getting nominated <laughs> for things. So maybe the the, the Maslany slot could have gone to Linney or something. But um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say. An interesting thing in terms of you know, nominating new things and forgetting some old things is that this is the first year that Modern Family has not been nominated for a comedy series.
1: Oh, did it get nominated for anything?
2: I don't think so, because, you know, it, it's been a pretty reliable mainstay um, for a decade, essentially. And it got shut out this year, and it's not over. it's I mean, it had a whole season this, uh, this past year. So um, it's interesting to kind of watch that fade out in favor of... Blackish, which now is the sole network comedy uh, represented in the comedy series uh, nominations, which is you know obviously a wow. huge huge sea change from just ten years ago.
0: Modern Family won the Emmy for five straight years, and then uh, like Veep b- broke that streak in two thousand fifteen, and we should also talk about. Veep, which is a big uh, game changer in the Emmys, because Julia Louis-Dreyfus is not eligible this year. And the whole series isn't eligible, but Julia Louis-Dreyfus, the perennial winner in her category, is not eligible. And there was, like, some talk – I think it was last year there was this, like, weird online campaign of, like, Julia Louis-Dreyfus should just, like – like decline the nomination because she just has too much and let someone else you know she has then, how many Emmys does she have it's like eight it's so many but the you know she holds the record by far but this year there's a bunch of other women who will have a have a chance to get in there so do you have a guess of who might be the likeliest um oh uh rachel Brosnahan, right our beloved rachel Brosnahan of Miss, of marvelous mrs Maisel. why not Right. Yeah, I
1: mean, I like she won the Golden Globe. Like, obviously, she's got a, um, you know, she's gotten a lot of attention for the role. But as we've discussed, like the Golden Globes, like, news better than the Emmys do. Um, but also like looking at it, like maybe Tracy Ellis Ross, because she's, you know, been a standout on that show for so long. Like, Allison Janney also has a million Emmys. I mean, Issa Rae has been a standout. It, it does seem like there's some competition in there and hard to pick.
2: There could be the thinking of like Allison Janney winning because she won an Oscar this year. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, yeah, it's Janie's here or whatever." Um, but I don't know. I feel like Tracy Ellis Ross might be—you know—it might be her time because um, she won something else, didn't she? She won a Golden Globe or something, didn't she?
1: Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross did win a Golden Globe last year for Blackish,
2: right? But I—I I like to think that she'll win because she graced the cover of our special issue for the Emmys. Oh, yeah, uh, obviously. Recently, and so you know, obviously, and that goes out to Academy voters. So um, I feel like maybe this could be her year. People love Pamela Adlon and Better Things. That show is, I think, a little bit tainted by its associations with Louis C.K. at the moment. It shouldn't be because Adelon is herself, you know, a great talent. But I don't know. I just feel like Tracee Ellis Ross kind of has the most behind her at the moment.
1: I wanted to bring our attention back to the guest actor categories, which we talked about a few weeks ago as kind of being the really fun one to predict. And Richard, I just wanted to give you credit. You pointed out guest actors in a drama series was going to be this insane throwdown of talented veteran actresses. Uh, and it didn't turn out like quite the way. There were some surprises in there, but you've got Viola Davis, Cherry Jones, Diana Riggs, Cicely Tyson all facing off against each other. I mean, that's a i'd pick them in any battle
2: that's pretty great i mean i hope they're all there and (laughs) i hope they all are like in it to win it serious you know game faced (laughs) i mean i don't think that diana rigg has a non-game face but um in case she you know just in case um yeah that's that's a great that's a great category i i don't watch the handmaid's tale so i actually didn't even know that cherry jones was on it and i don't know who kelly jeanrette is but clearly that show has a Pretty pretty stacked roster of people. If Marissa Tomei was on it and couldn't get nominated, that must mean there's there are many more She's in it for
0: like two seconds. Okay. Yeah. That that hasn't stopped people from getting nominated before. It's true. (laughs) But I would I would like I would be really surprised if Marissa Tomei got nominated for how very like it was fun to see her, but like she's she's barely in the in the show. So
1: Richard, I think you also predicted Cameron Britton for Mindhunter, or at least mentioned that as someone who was a standout and he got nominated in the guest actor category. So I'm I'm just giving you all your um predictive credit.
2: Oh good, yeah. Um F. Murray Abraham for Homeland, he's great on that. He but but you know, he and Jimmy Simpson with this Westworld nomination, both of them are barely in those seasons. So I feel like in some ways they're getting the nomination for the season previous, which is something that the Emmys kind of does sometimes because of the weird timing of television nowadays. We're like, you know, like we're talking about some shows that premiered a year ago um, at this point. So,
0: I mean, Jimmy Simpson's in two episodes and like pretty healthily through two episodes of 10. And for a guest actor, I don't think that that's like terribly no i know it's
2: it's not but like i feel like his heavy lifting was in season one you're right you're right you know and f murray abrahams was in season six of homeland not season seven but like you know whatever i don't care it's fine like matthew good also like the guest actor you know like um requirements are sort of funny because you can be in like one episode or you can be in five but still build as a guest actor or or whatever the number is so it, it creates some funny things but, you know, further in the, in those categories, it's fun to see Tiffany Haddish nominated for Sat- her Saturday Night Live hosting gig. She was great. I wish that um, The Last OG, the show she's on with Tracy Morgan, had gotten any sort of love from anybody. But at least, you know, she's represented in some way there. Um, it's fun to have Tina Fey and Maya Rudolph nominated in the same category. It feels like they're mid-2000s.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited for Maya Rudolph because I think she's so wonderful in The Good Place. Which uh, yeah, Ted Danson really got nominated, is. so I-, I think it always deserves more from them. But uh, I was especially excited to see her.
2: So now would this be Lin-Manuel Miranda's shot at an EGOT? No, because he doesn't have an Oscar.
1: Yeah, he he was nominated for Moana, lost to BASIC and Paul, um, but is back for Mary Poppins. So if he won this time and they right. got an Oscar
0: for Mary Poppins, I think there that would go. Do it.
2: He wrote songs for Mary Poppins.
0: He wrote songs for Mary Poppins and for the upcoming Little Mermaid. So, um, oh yeah, you know, Disney will let him get one by hook or by crook. He'll get there. So, this is a
2: crazy digression, but this is an awards season podcast, and I just feel like um, I talked to a friend who saw um, A Star Is Born this week. <gasps> what? And he said it was very good, and that Lady Gaga <gasps> was very good. I'm so
1: wow. excited. Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of song and Oscars and all that, anyway,
1: forget the Emmys. It's time for <laughs> movies that come out and. November.
2: Yeah, basically, I, I was like, oh, so she has already won the Golden Globe for, you know, actress in a comedy slash musical. And he was like, yes, that's correct.
0: Oh, 100%. <laughs> okay, I, I want to retract what I said, like, most assuredly, that Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote Poppins songs. He did not. It's Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman, uh, who wrote the original songs for the Poppins. Oh, uh, so Harry he Poppins would have to returns. win an
1: acting Oscar. Okay, all right. I'm not as confident about that.
0: Right. For his lamp lighting he might get a golden globe but i don't know about an oscar but uh so so let's just wait for a uh, little mermaid 2024 <laughs> whatever
2: <laughs> going back to emmys you know i'm looking down at like now limited series or just in general like some surprising things like i, I was really surprised to see the alienist nominated uh in a limited yeah, series category yeah. when something like the looming tower was not and I feel like a lot more people were talking about the Looming Tower. But again, maybe that's... We don't really necessarily know what all the voters are watching or paying attention to, and maybe something on more traditional, basic cable, you know, kind of sexy gore and murder, like, appealed to people more than, like, the lead-up to a terrible event we already know is going to happen.
1: Do you know why I know about the alienist? Because it was advertised heavily during the SAG Awards, which air on TNT, which is what the alienist is on. And I can imagine a lot of Emmy voters watching the SAG Awards. I don't know. This is, might be verging on conspiracy theory, but... uh that seems plausible to
0: me. I know a lot of people really like The Alienist. And if The Sinners, if, if we got representation for The Sinner in there, I think The Alienist was was definitely on that level. So, you know.
1: Were you guys, I don't know if either of you guys watched Paterno, but I think there was a lot of shock that Al Pacino didn't make it in there for that. Because, like, that is the Emmy bait role of the century.
0: I feel like people are just getting, like, less and less enamored of these, uh, you know, De Niro is made off sort of, like, um, HBO movies. I don't know. Am I wrong about that? I mean, nobody loved Paterno, so that definitely could be the case.
2: They should have called it though. <laughs> I mean, I guess called, a, lot of no, people, a lot of people nobody, did love Paterno, no, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I was also excited to see Jesus Christ Superstar so well represented, not just for John Legend, but Sarah Bareilles and Brandon Victor Dixon uh, both got nominated, which like, I know NBC's big flashy musicals are not for everyone, but I liked this one a lot.
2: And I think it's it's nice in that between Superstar getting as many nominations as it did And, you know, Pacek and Paul getting nominated for a Christmas story, like that these TV event musical things are getting that kind of encouragement from the industry, I think is is nice because I like them, even though sometimes they're very clunky. I I think Superstar kind of got it the most right. I think we
0: all agree that. Yeah, this is the good one.
2: <laughs> yeah, because like ha- the, the live audience is really the key because, yeah. you know, when, yeah. when there's no reaction at the, at the end of a song, it's very strange and unsettling, especially if Matthew Broderick is is following the actors around. I, I think that's 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 exciting. And I'm just excited, like, I think it's fun that like Sarah Bareilles has an acting Emmy nomination. It's just so like unlikely, you know, if you, when, when her career started.
1: Also, to go back a little bit, while Miranda already has an Emmy. He won for Outstanding Music and Lyrics for writing the opening song for the Tonys in 2014.
2: Right. Right. Okay. That's right. Cause, cause Moana would have been his final yes. piece of the puzzle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm glad that we no longer, um, look at everything through the lens of Trump that that makes me really happy. We don't, uh, we try not to, <laughs> but Samantha B getting nominated feels like, uh, you know, at least maybe the most political uh, nomination on the list. Right. Because, um, she was recently in, you know, embroiled in a controversy around something that she said about Ivanka Trump, and she was forced to apologize, this whole thing. And actually, like the TV Academy has snubbed Samantha Bee in the past. So for them to put their support behind her feels like as much of a statement as anything else on this nomination list.
1: Yeah, and we should, um, I mean, this will be something we can talk about as the, as the show gets closer, but um, you've got all these, like, very political, like, fiery um, hosts nominated in the Variety Series category, and then you've got uh, Michael Che and Colin Jost hosting, who are kind of, uh, like, more middle-of-the-road compared to the Samantha Bees of the world, um, so it will be a really interesting contrast, especially God knows what's going to be going on politically by then, but uh, I'm sure there will be something everyone is mad that they won't talk about.
2: Is there anything that was nominated that now makes you think, oh, I have to go watch that?
0: Ooh, What a great question. I got behind on Barry. I watched like the first four episodes and then I got behind. And um, I've heard such good things from everyone, but that I love Bill Hader. um, And so like, I want to root for him. So I want to be informed when I root for him. So I want to finish that uh, before the ceremony for sure.
1: Um, I have this eternal feeling about The Handmaid's Tale, which I think we talked about when it returned for its new season, um, that I just feel like I should be watching it and can never work up the, uh, the guts to do it. And I also, I don't know, should I watch Career Enthusiasm? (laughs) Like, that one feels, like, it popped up in there, and I just don't remember there being a new season at all. Like, I I can't decide if I feel that impulse on that one.
2: Yeah, I think I started the season and then sort of didn't uh, follow through on it. Um, So maybe maybe it's worth revisiting. I mean, for me, like, one of my big blind spots is I've only ever seen one episode of The Americans. So like oh, me too. I've seen probably the pilot go episode back and, yeah. but doesn't
1: it feel so daunting at this point?
2: It feels very daunting. Maybe less daunting is something like Patrick Melrose which just had like a limited season like I should watch that it got some nominations you know um but, yeah, but I mean, the Americans, like, that feels like a huge <laughs> blind spot to have. But, like, it's so many seasons.
1: Oh, the one, a big one for me is that I never watched the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror. Um, oh. Which got nominated for TV movie and then Jesse Plemons got nominated. And I think Letitia Wright also got nominated. No, she got nominated for another Black Mirror. A
2: different, yeah. She
1: was
0: so good in that Black Mirror episode. She's really good in that,
1: yeah. I loved her nomination because I was like, "Oh, they all saw Black Panther," and we're like, "Please get Letitia Wright in our club as much
0: as, <laughs> as much as possible." Well, it's interesting because uh, I would maybe not give Jesse Plemons the um, the nomination for that particular episode. I would give it to Chris uh, Milioti in that episode. It's very interesting to me that like that's the performance they're rewarding when hers is the like defiant performance in in reaction to it I don't know it's very interesting messaging as far as I'm concerned that uh, Jesse Plemons is nominated for that episode even though I love Jesse Plemons, he should have won for Fargo he should have won for Breaking Bad should have won Friday Night Lights he's a great 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 actor I was just like really Jesse not Christine in that episode okay
2: yeah (laughs) But, Katie, you should watch it. It's so fun. It's really good. Yeah.
1: And again, like, unlike Seven Seasons of The Americans, it feels, it feels, <laughs> yeah, <possible>. exactly. <laughs> like a lot of these other things. Have it, Has anyone watched Godless? I don't even think I knew yeah. what it was before these nominations happened.
2: I've seen it. Uh, it's good. I mean, it's like a pretty straightforward Western, with, I guess, one, the twist being that um, it takes place in and around a town that's mostly women because all their men died in a mining accident. So it has this kind of like, feminist take on things with like Merritt weavers is this kind of like tough lesbian michelle dockery is like a pioneer woman who's living on her own with her well with her kids but
1: i know you love Merritt weaver richard so that seems like a good selling yes
2: out. yes and she's really good on it uh and uh but then jeff daniels and jack o'connell come in and they kind of like take center stage and you're like wait so is this actually about women or not but
0: <laughs> i know that was that was the main criticism i think a lot of a lot of women i know got really excited about it and went to go watch it because it was sort of positioned as this, like, all-female Western show, and then it just wasn't no it's really
2: not it was really
0: mismarketed uh the way my beloved my beloved blockers was and so like but in the reverse way so i think a lot of people who like felt sort of soured on it was because they felt like they were sold the wrong uh a different show you know so
2: but it is like in terms of westerns like it's it's fun it's well acted it's beautifully shot um so and like i think for an older academy voter like it's very familiar and sort of has this i mean there were years like in the 90s i feel like when they were like Western like TV movies all the time like Lonesome Dove or whatever they were always getting nominated for Emmys and like even you know into other things like on cable like I don't think that like Longmire ever got nominated for anything but you know like Westerns have a long long history on television and so it's not surprising to see Godless there um, despite it being a new you know newfangled Netflix form.
1: Speaking of Westerns and to go back to the beginning for a second but Azam McLaren, who we talked about so much from his one big Westworld episode not being nominated in guest actor bummed me out as much as I also like
0: Jimmy Simpson. I think they put him up for supporting if I'm not mistaken but I oh, could really? Be mistaken. Yeah. Wow. Well all the same. Yeah he was in supporting category. If he were snubbed in the guest uh category of you know for jimmy simpson i would be pitching a fit but he was in a different category it's still a snub that i'm bugged about but not as badly as if they had picked jimmy simpson over him so yeah
1: that that seems entirely reasonable all right any like maybe to wrap it up whoever you're rooting for hard now like maybe someone who you didn't think that you cared about winning an emmy but now you do like what's your rooting interest as we i guess we have about two months before the actual awards
0: um, I mean, okay, I I'm gonna like cheat and give you a different answer. It's <laughs> just that uh, I'm like really now like full all aboard the Nicola Costa Waldo uh, Emmy Express. Like this is this is a passion project for me now. I think that's a totally right answer. Well, but it's not like I it, unexpected. It's not like oh, I didn't think I'd be rooting for him. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm always rooting for you. But yeah, and then I guess. An unexpected one. I mean, I guess I didn't even think about Darren Chris before this. Not that I didn't think he would get nominated, but I guess I didn't even think about him being, like, necessarily the frontrunner in his category. It feels like he kind of is, and I, I would be really excited about that. I don't know. I, w- I was considering... For another podcast I do, I was trying to consider, like, the best TV of 2018 so far, and what happens to me a lot is, like, the shows that I do podcasts about wind up being the shows that I care the most about because they're the shows that I, like, have really, really dug into, and so Versace's made my list because Richard and I spent so much time talking about it, and it's really great, and so, like, I just – I feel – I feel this momentum behind Versace in a way that I wouldn't if it were just another Ryan Murphy thing that I had watched sort of on my own. And so, yeah, I think for that reason, I'm throwing, throwing my chips on on Darren as well. How about you, Richard?
2: I think that's a good one. Um, you know, I guess we should just, you know, continue on with the like, podcasts that Joanna and I have done. But, like, I'm I'm rooting for Jeffrey Wright for Westworld. Like, I, I'm looking at the other people he's nominated with in that category. Um, some have won before. Some kind of don't need the win. But I just feel like Jeffrey Wright is such a workhorse. He's been such a, you know, a solid actor for so many years. Um, and he's great on Westworld and he's kind of the heart of the show. So I think that that would be a good win for that show, which I feel like a lot of the categories it's nominated in, it's not likely to win. Yeah. I feel like if it was going to win one, maybe that, that this would be a good one. I mean, obviously Tandy Newton, too, but, like, um, I think she was nominated before, so.
1: I think I'm going to pull really hard for Bill Hader, specifically. I like Barry mm. a lot, but I think he is so good on it. And in the lead actor in a, a comedy category, it's a— I mean, Tom Glover is, like, having such a year, as we've talked about. Like, obviously, I love Ted Danson, The Good Place, but I don't know. It, it's It feels possible. Bill Hader's just been in the industry for so long, Um so I think that he—that's gonna be where I lay my chips.
0: And I think they like to reward like multi-hyphenates, right? And so because, yeah. you know, yeah. Bill Hader did more than just act in the show. I mean, that's why Donald. One of the reasons why Donald Glover has won so often in the past, right? Because of all of the creative input he does in Atlanta. Uh, ditto, like Aziz Ansari and stuff like that. So. Um, I could see it going that way for him, but I could also see Donald Glover just sort of neutralizing that that advantage that he has. Um, But I do love Bill Hader. uh, And, you know, along with like, what if he and Keenan Thompson both won? I was just thinking that. Like, I don't
1: know. I mean, I know SNL's track record of actors winning like in regular categories is pretty thin. So it seems like it would be challenging for Keenan to win. But I mean, as we said, like he's been such a value to the show for so long. I mean, if Alec Baldwin wins and Keenan doesn't, that I will I will throw something through the TV. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we will have plenty more to talk about with the Emmys as the uh, campaigns get going, leading up to the awards themselves in September, um, and lots of television to talk about. Have we plugged Sharp Objects on this show yet? I don't think we have. There's a new season of Still Watching that everyone should listen to. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about how that's going so far?
2: Uh, it's been going well. You know, it's just me and Joanna talking about Amy Adams and Patricia Clarkson and murder uh which is you know (laughs) stuff we're we're talking about anyway so might as well record it
0: we might rebrand the show still watching hog heat because that's (laughs) a phrase that richard said five times i think in the last episode (laughs) no it's a great show and um like the more i watch it the more impressed i like the more i watch episodes the more impressed i am with the episodes we've got a great interview with uh gillian flynn who wrote the book and also wrote gone girl and uh co-wrote the series uh she she Talk to us for the podcast that will be up uh, after episode two this Sunday night. But yeah, it's, you know, we're going to have interviews with the actors and and the creatives behind it. And I think there's just like a lot to dig into, you know, something, there's just stuff about the episode that even though I watch it multiple times, uh, viewers discovered uh, uh, fun you know, stuff I missed. And so there's just a lot to dig into. Uh, and I'm excited to have a fun summer, a fun murdery uh, summer show with Richard. <laughs>
2: yes, and speaking of things to dig into, I'm, I'm looking a little bit at Twitter and seeing this was an all Emmys episode. We will be talking, I assume, at some point about the, the trailer for things like Mary Queen of Scots and oh a couple other fall trailers.
1: I think next week's episode is all trailers, because there's yeah. been a lot to catch up on in the last few <laughs> yeah. weeks. So um, fear okay.
2: not, this has not become solely a television podcast.
1: We will have our heads chopped off, I think, if we didn't talk about Mary Queen of Scots. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I am full of topics. <laughs> 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 so that does it for this week's Little Gold Men thank you as always for listening uh, please tell people about it have them join us as we uh, ramp up for Oscar season because it's truly never too soon uh, you can find us all at VanityFair.com where there's lots of writing about the Emmy nominations including from Joanna and Richard uh, you can find all of us on Twitter at Little Gold Men and on our own I'm at Katie Rich Richard Rylaz and Joanna this.
0: this episode was edited and produced by
1: Daniel Roth
0: And this week's award for the reason why Little Gold Men was snubbed once again goes to Katie Rich. My guess is it was just too weird for the Emmys.